Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. It's a uh, political edition of the Good Tape this week as we're taking a look at some songs over the years, mostly older songs than what we probably thought we were going to pick, that um, have a political theme as Election Day in the United States is tomorrow. So, um, you know, it's time to uh, time to get out and cast ballots if you haven't already. Most people, it seems like they they have. So, um, but uh, hey, D, what's up? Hello, Bungo. You're being impatient over there is what you're doing. I'm, I'm sorry. You said you're being impatient over there. You're you're getting. Oh no, I've got so much fucking going on. <laughs> <laughs> like like all of a sudden we start recording and everybody needs something from. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Hey Richie, what's up, man? You hanging out with us this week? Gentlemen, it's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, yeah, what a what a what a world. Yeah, we've got we've we've got quite an interesting playlist. I would say I would say it's one of our more um, varying playlists that we've had so far. Unique. Unique. Yes. That's a good word. Yes. Yes. So let's get into it. Um, because we're not going to actually talk politics. We're just going to talk about political songs. The only thing that I would say about politics is, as I said earlier, if you haven't voted yet, make sure you do because everybody should, uh, take advantage of their right to, uh, have their voice heard as much as possible. So, uh, but like I said, a lot of people have already voted. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all these returns come in really, really fast off the top. So have, have both of you. Absolutely. Yep. I mailed mine a month ago. Yeah, I, I voted probably three or four weeks ago, and I did the mail-in thing, which was interesting, but I actually dropped it off at the election commission because they have those little boxes outside you can drop it off in. You don't have to worry about, you know, if it makes it there and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and, and obviously my situation is a little different. And and uh, uh, with apologies to our Instagram friends, uh, I we don't have a special guest today. We're taping on Saturday, and normally Sunday is uh, uh, – is the day I have the dog early. So. Oh, Leia. <laughs> yeah, Leia. And it was her birthday yesterday. Too. Oh, it was. Okay. How old is Leia? I'm sorry. How old is Leia? She's one years old now. Oh, okay. Young. I didn't realize she was uh, still a puppy oh, yeah. until this weekend. So, yeah, yeah. That's so does that mean I have to pick up all the whining slack if she's not? I here? think so. I think so. <laughs> 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 Yeah, if we I'd known gonna... if I'd known we were going to hear about it the rest of the week, I wouldn't have made the joke. Jeez. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get into it. Um, we have ten songs this week, and I'm backing up here. We're starting off with our typical Pearl Jam song to get us going. So go for it, D. Uh, the one I picked, uh, I and it it took me some time to 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 settle on this one. But I really, really fucking love this song and their cover of it. It's a uh, Give Me Some Truth. Uh, it's a live cover off of their uh, 2001 fan club single. Uh, it's a John Lennon you know, cover. It's such a great song and so important, regardless of when you hear it, you know, back in the 70s, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, now. It's yeah, it's just a great fucking song. Well, it's funny that you that you mentioned that it took you a little while to decide which song because Pearl Jam over the years has been a very political band where there was probably at least a dozen songs you could have picked, I would imagine, that would have fit this show really, really well. Yeah, once we decided we were doing this, uh, you know, I went back and I was listening and listening. Like this was the first song that came to my head. Uh, you know, the 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 Live at the Garden DVD version of this song is so impactful and powerful and Eddie just gets super into it. And, uh, but I was listening, I was like, God, uh, uh, let's find an original one. 
and and but this one I just kept coming back to, and that's why I finally decided on. Is the dog back? No, that's just from noise from outside. Really I was like, you just said she wasn't there. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's happening? Oh, I'm sorry. I got the window open. It's a nice day here. Oh, it's, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this song, I, I, uh, I don't know that I'd ever heard Pearl Jam's version of this song before, but I liked it. It had a very, um, had a very hard rock feel to it when you, uh, when you listen to it that, um, kind of, kind of, uh, get you, get you into the mindset of the song, which I thought was good, but I, I did enjoy the references to, um, politicians gone by such as tricky dicky and and so on as they as they do it but if you take it and you put it in today's world it actually fits really really well well and then he i mean he even adds the the piece that eddie adds about uh george w bush like it uh, like he changes that third verse from uh from lennon's original because mm-hmm. um, clearly lennon wouldn't have been singing about george bush um i i think i think this is and, and really i'm i, I want to point out it's not necessarily all the songs that we're doing. Not all of them are political. Several of them are just, they're more, it's more of a protest uh, theme. Yes. I would say today. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Well, and we were trying not to, to use right. that word protest. Uh, I, I think uh, legitimately, uh, but it's, but you can't help but say yeah. that. Yeah. You know, well, and, and, Politics and most people that are going to write a song about politics aren't going to write it about how much they love the politician they're writing it about. It's going to be a protest against some movement that, or, or as part of some movement that they're they're a part of or against one of the two. And, and, and the music that we listen to, rock and roll, is is supposed to encompass anger and love and 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 all of that stuff uh, and emotions basically and, and that's that's what all these songs have in common is is how emotional they are and what 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 it means to the the, the singer the songwriters i do find it interesting what um what you said though richie about the changing of the uh the lyrics because when i was um listening to it i think it was last night i was kind of going over these songs again and i was i was listening to it and i was trying to follow along with the lyrics that d you put in the notes and they didn't follow quite and i'm like what's what's going on here i couldn't couldn't figure out what it was and then realized oh yeah he's he's rearranging the song a little bit to fit how he wants the narrative to fit when he sings it well and and, and for him especially in 2001 that would have been a uh uh w right yeah yes mm-hmm. yeah and the money for a rope he changed to money for oil yeah. You know, this was the start of the war, and, and Eddie's very anti-war. Uh, and I think really with this song, and, and there's a couple um, of the songs in this playlist that have this theme of just trying to, searching for truth. And, you know, I mean, that's literally what the song's called. I think in this day and age, that's like even just more so predominant than than at any time historically. Like, And we're going to talk about that on so many of these fucking songs. Uh, yeah, and, and the conversation I we discussed that I had earlier this week. I would like to yeah. remind everybody really quick that um, you know, if if you're sitting here going, well, I've never heard that song, or I need refreshed on that song, you can always download our playlists and um, uh, you know, check out the songs. We'll we'll announce what song we're going to do. Listen to the song, then come back and listen to more of the podcast, so you can um, you know, give us your takes on it too through a through social media and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, the playlists are there, so you can uh, kind of follow along with it and all that stuff, which is which is good. And and, th- and that's a great point you brought bringing up, Sean. I, like uh, I had a couple of people ask this week what what our playlist was, and you know, so I would send them the link to it, 
And maybe we should do that. Like maybe like once we get the playlist set, go ahead and post it. And then people can hear it and you know look it up and, and come back and listen to mm-hmm. us discuss these songs. So I think let's try doing that now. Yeah, that's cool. At episode 20, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure this yeah. shit out. Hey, we do this for fun. We don't do it for anything other than fun. I will say that I am also want to be very appreciative to all of our listeners because October um, which we still, you know, just which we were just wrapping up October was our most downloaded month that we've had so far. So that's pretty cool. Our Nirvana episodes and um, our uh, Van Halen tribute episode did very, very well amongst people that I'm going to assume had not listened to us before. So that's that's pretty cool. Oh, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take credit that I was on three of the October episodes, and that's probably why. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> we we, <laughs> we did have an extra week in October, so yeah, that's that's how that worked out. <laughs> Don't minimize it, D. Just go with it. <laughs> well, hey, hey, I'm just trying to cool Richie's you know, <laughs> a little bit. Him and Homer's podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, who? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone radio silent, Richie. Where's he at? We're we're kind of worried about him. He's just gone. Uh, I, I I think we've we've um must have been talking about stuff he didn't care about or something. He's gone. It, I, I think he's just still having trouble fr- getting his Zoom set up. Oh, okay. Okay. But any day now. So song number two on the list um is yours, Richie, and uh we're going back in time a little bit more with this one. Yeah, so uh really like so the the song is uh My Generation by the Who. And uh as you look, a lot of the songs that we're gonna pick and just a lot of kind of your, your classic protest songs are from the 60s. And it, it's very interesting that there are like some classical music songs from way back that would be considered in this genre. But really, it's it's right around 1960 uh, with the Vietnam War and stuff that the protest songs kind of, kind of start going up and, and you start hearing more and more of them. And uh, this one in particular, I, I picked because... I think it speaks to just kind of the current environment, much like, much like, uh, give me some truth with the difference between generations and, and one generation fighting against another generation to be heard and to be taken seriously. Um, people try to put us down talking about my generation. Yeah. It's that, that line right there, just that, that can, that can fit over so many different generations yes. though. It's so yes. cool. Well, the and, song and stands up very well. Iconic. Yeah, and this—that's why the song is iconic. Like, like everything in this song. Uh, uh, why don't you all just fade away? Uh, just talking about my generation, like it's like kids these days. That sort of horseshit, yes. you know? Yeah, and it, and it's remarkable that this song is so. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? just on point for the current times oh, for any time yes. at all you know like in the 80s the punk kids the skater kids and, and and in the 90s the you know the us the grunge kids the you know shit like that like you just don't get us you just don't get us mm-hmm. i'm talking about my generation and and it and and now for us you know we talk about these goddamn kids these days you know it's the same yeah. fucking thing it's well, the I same mean, thing right now i think we're really Historically, I think we're in the first time where you have four generations competing with one another. Because you have the boomers. I, I feel like as, as a Gen Xer, we're kind of forgotten in the middle almost. And then, you know, the millennials and whatever we're going to call Gen Z, like 
all four of them are, are kind of at this crossroads of, of, it, it, of gaining and losing influence and, and just really bickering amongst each other. And it, it's fascinating. I believe me. they're called the I generation because of iPhones and iPads and all of that kind of stuff is ah, where they're leaning towards. Okay. Yeah. I've heard Gen C too. I, I, I don't know what that means, but hmm. I, I like the I generation. That's a, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, and I think, I think it's appropriate. No, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, it back with my generation, it, when like when this song was written it was really as as near as i can tell there were really just two generations that like like prior to the greatest generation i don't think anyone really spoke in terms of generation because you didn't have the collective experience you know news and and tv and and all the things that brought the world closer together i think created this concept of a generation that i i just i don't think it existed in the 1800s no absolutely and 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 again a theme of some of these songs are going to be the, you know, the social media generation that we're living in now, the I generation, as Sean said, uh, uh, it's, it's remarkable yes. and maddening before, and fascinating. It's it just. Before we move on, I do have to talk about the line we were talking about before from the notes, because I just think it's kind of hilarious um, that Townsend reportedly wrote the song on a train after being inspired by the queen mother who allegedly had Townsend's 1935 Packard hearse towed off the street because she was offended by the sight of it during her daily drive through the neighborhood. I just think that's a really cool little footnote in the history of this song. It, that one. And I, I really liked that one. And I also liked the, uh, the, the, the BBC banned the song at one point because of the, the, the fade away line because of the, you know, the, 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 the singer stutters when he like in it, he purposefully stutters through a few points during the song. Oh yeah. But in that particular case, and I'm like, why would they ban it? Because he stuttered. And then I'm like, Oh, because they thought he was going to say, fuck off, not fade away. Oh, and, th- and that's a great part of this song is the, uh, the, the rumors or, or, you know, the stuttering thing, like, like it, it's obviously a blues reference. Uh, uh, that, where is it at? You know, what I, you know what I thought before you finished that? I thought you were going to say, Richie, and I didn't read this and read that in the notes. I thought you were going to say because it was a slide at the Queen's father because of, the, you know, based on the King's speech, the movie. I thought that's where you were going to go with that. And See, I, it, that, I didn't even think about that. But it was, it was because of the F, the yeah like oh i understand that but yeah but when you were saying it i'm like oh i bet that and then it didn't go there so i thought that was interesting but that's that's crazy because that's not even in the notes and that's just another fucking thing where you could say that's why he did it yeah but uh my best guess from the notes is it's you know all of these british rock bands from the feel like the stones and everything uh were so influenced by american blues and john lee hooker's uh stuttering blues like They've all always cited it. Uh, 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 Pete Townsend and, and Roger Daltrey has always cited that John Lee Hooker is one of their biggest influences. So, and, and then that stuttering blues song, there's a lot of like intentional stuttering. But the other, the thing I always thought of it before the notes was he was talking about like uh, amphetamine speed started becoming popular in the 60s. And, and, and apparently stuttering is, is a big part of it. And I'm not on speed, and I'm stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I just, uh, yeah, I love that part. You said it. I said it. I'm not on speed. I'm drinking a beer, but I'm not on speed. 
Are you going to be able to switch back to Bud Light when you come back to the United States, by the way, after drinking beer over there for this long? I bought a case of Bud Light the other day at, at, on base, and uh, it's still good. If I can't find the Augustine, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Song number three. Um, this one by the boss, Bruce Breesting, born in the USA. Um, I loved this song when I was a kid. They used to play it on the radio all the time. I had no idea what it meant, clearly, you know, but I really liked it when I was a kid. So um uh a good a very a very good song still. Um, but uh, uh the meaning is is totally not what I thought it was until reviewing it these last couple of weeks. For real? I mean I mean I hadn't listened to it in 20 years i bet it'd been 20 or 30 years since i'd heard it it's not something i don't i i like bruce springsteen but it's not somebody that i just sit and listen to a lot to where i would have heard this song anytime in recent memory that's fair and and it, it the music musically it's very 80s mm-hmm. uh, so it, it it doesn't really uh get on your radar you know mm-hmm. if you're listening to shit now or stuff like we listen to but uh one of the things is you know i went with pearl jam if you don't know, I compile the playlist. I make the the order of the songs. And the reason I, the way I did it this week was, you know, Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder's favorite band is The Who and Bruce Springsteen was also a huge influence on him. And it, uh, it kind of just flowed in that way. And, uh, and this song is one of my favorite things in the world because it, so taken out of context like born in the usa the pride mm-hmm. of that line but this song is all about people coming back from vietnam and being mistreated because they were selected to go to war and did horrible things had to do horrible things for a war that nobody knows what the fuck is was about even to this day and i think i think that's the there, there's a couple songs on this list that are like this where you if you just hear the chorus you or you just hear the hook you 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 paint things in one perspective but then once you actually like dig in i mean the the number of times that this song has been used in political campaigns is just fascinating mm-hmm. for a song that is very much against um the decisions made by politicians like like that's the entire theme of the song but because it's a a happy poppy drippy hook everyone can get behind it there's that there's that line in here uh, uh, in 2000. Reason editor and libertarian journalist Brian Doherty note, noting that the political song lyrics are often either misunderstood or not understood at all by fans. Wrote, but who's to say Reagan wasn't right to insist the song was enough? When I hear those notes and that drum beat in the boss, the boss's best arena senatorian shout drum vocals come over the speakers. I feel like I'm hearing the national anthem. That quote right there. It's exactly the ignorance of fucking people. It, I, I, I don't even know that I would say it's ignorance. It's just the song moves quickly. You don't necessarily, like, you, you have to really pay attention to hear the lyrics. You do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you, I mean, the rest of it, like, you take the verses out, it would be an uplifting song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Born in the USA. <laughs> yes. uh, this, this also makes me think of... Uh, fuck years ago uh it was going back to football talk they were talking about like an aaron Rodgers versus you know some other great quarterback uh uh 
matchup on, on, on a Sunday and they played Best of You uh, by the Foo Fighters, which is a breakup song. And, and you know, they're just taking out of contest, getting the best, the best, the best of you. Mm-hmm. But they're also playing, you know, the verses, <laughs> not just the chorus. And I'm like, yeah, you, you guys don't get it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'd also like like to point out this song. You, we could have used "Band in the USA," the the two life crew. Um, we're we gonna call it a remix. What, what whatever they did uh, <laughs> when, like when they when they oh. got banned. But it Sidebar. was to the song. Sidebar. <laughs> this week, so a couple of people I'm working with are around my age, and we started talking about older music, and two life crew. Holy shit! We started talking about the Fat Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crisscross, another bad creation. I hadn't thought of that fucking band in oh, wow. years. The little kids that the, the Belvive DeVoe people <laughs> were trying to make. And, uh, and the other one was Millie Vanilli. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So now you're going to have Blame It on the Rain stuck in your fucking head. Oh, why'd you all do that? Day long. Why'd you do that? <laughs> and this is where we lose all of our listeners. The last downloaded episode when. Stuck Milli Vanilli in people's heads. Did you say our listeners, Richie? Yes. Uh, he's been Richie's on here. good tape with Sean and D. He's been on here. He's been on here quite a bit at this point. <laughs> um, I did really enjoy the uh, uh, back and forth with Ronald Reagan that was, you know, about about this song, and I particularly liked that uh, the skepticism that Reagan knew anything about Springsteen when he brought him up at a campaign rally. And w- and when asked what his favorite Springsteen song was, Born to Run was the response from staffers. Johnny Carson then joked on The Tonight Show, if you believe that, I've got a couple of tickets to the Mondel Ferraro inaugural ball I'd like to sell you. At that time, I'm sure that joke was really funny, <laughs> you know, because nobody thought Mondell could win, obviously, and he didn't. But uh, and I, I thought I, that was good. I included that note, the Johnny Carson part of it, you know, because I know of your your love of old Johnny Carson. I like Johnny Carson. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny though. So, um, yeah, this is actually, uh, it's a good song to listen to because I also like the part while yes, it is about the, uh, the Vietnam part. It's also a little bit about, you know, when people, you know, come back and they're just trying to live their, their lives after that and the recovery process of it, which I thought was, um, probably the most compelling part about the song really. Come back home to the refinery, hiring man said, son, if it was up to me, went down to see my VA man. He said, son, don't you understand? Mm-hmm. You said that as I was getting ready to make that note. And uh, down in the shadow of the penitentiary, out by the gas fires of the refinery, I'm 10 years burning down the road, nowhere to run and got nowhere to go. That's yeah. And we know a lot of people in that exact situation. I mean, the generation that our, our parents' generation, I don't, none of our parents were, were in Vietnam, but we know a lot of people who were, you know, by that. And, and they, they carry those scars with them and they don't talk about it. That's the two things is they don't talk about it. So you don't even know how deep a lot of those scars are. So, uh, and that's, and that's a, a great point to bring up is, is like these people did things that they're not proud of necessarily. They did it for pride and did it for the country. And uh, and and this song is a perfect example of we shouldn't hold those people accountable 
for what they were told to do well, at, the, at that time. I don't even know if it's necessarily if I completely agree with that. I don't know if it's it's if it's a matter of things that they're not proud of. It's things that that they just want to forget happened because they need to move on with their lives. And if they keep, and if they talk about that stuff and dwell on that stuff, they can't move on with their lives and enjoy their children and grandchildren and, and, and so on, as opposed to that, they, that they feel bad about what they did necessarily. I think they did it because it was the thing that they needed to do at that time. It's just, they've got to shut it off to get past it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird it's something that really we we can't really put ourselves in those shoes because until you until you live that world, I I I can't imagine what it's like to be in a conflict like that at that height and no. come back and then try to be a normal person again. I just I, I don't know how you do it. I never, I didn't have the balls to join the military. Like it, that wasn't for me. Uh, the admiration I have for people that are doing it and 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 doing what they're told is is thousand times richie d yeah. admires you i appreciate that d <laughs> <laughs> well what and, you do in the navy richie is so <laughs> <impressive>. <laughs> wow wow <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be sean and richie's good tape because he's gonna murder you <laughs> all right no, it, it's been a yeah. long time since I've done that. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, I haven't heard the in the navy in a long time. <laughs> Silly <laughs> girls can't fly planes. <laughs> <laughs> Silly girls can't fly planes. BK, you'll love that one. Uh, All right. So um next song on the list is yours <laughs> is yours, Richie. And um it's it's a much more current song than a lot of the ones that we've been going over so far. Yeah, so it's a it's a American Idiot by Green Day, and I actually kind of went back and forth between this song and and Twenty One Guns, which I really love. Oh, it's a great fucking song. But I think this song's just so on the nose for for what we're what what this episode's about, because I mean it it's very much a in your face like no pulling no punches, um, basically calling forty three percent of the country's idiots is it, flat out what this song's doing. And, but it's doing it with a, a great beat and uh, and just a, like it just hits you like a, a mm-hmm. hammer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When you really listen to this song, you can listen to the song and have fun with it. And then when you really listen to it, you're like, wait a second. Wait a second. Is that me? <laughs> you know? that's one of the greatest things about this show, Sean, that, that we've done in Richie uh, is we're taking a look at songs that we didn't necessarily dig too deep and we just had fun listening to it in the fucking car drinking you know mountain dew and smoking cigarettes and uh uh and all of a sudden we're like oh fuck <laughs> you know we were idiots back then listening to this shit so what and was I, what was the with reason the, with the notes I, I found it very interesting that that he basically wrote the song um after an interaction with with rednecks and just how like like he you know it's it's the, the same constant that we're see we see in the world now where it's two sides talking past one another and i mean he just completely dismisses them out of hand but they're going to turn around and do the same thing back to him mm-hmm. and, that, and that's i think that's where we just where we're at now as a society unfortunately yeah 15 years uh, later the song went on to write the song after hearing the leonard skinner song that's how i like it on his car radio it was like i'm proud to be a redneck and i was like oh my god why would you be proud of something like that that is exactly what i'm against and, and and the point you brought up is it's the two sides against each other and 
he's not necessarily saying he hates rednecks. He's saying he hates the way that people take pride in that mentality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a fun song to uh, really delve into. There's no there's no doubt about it because it's got so many and and you know even if you're a redneck, if you will, and you listen to the song, you may feel that the song's about somebody that's not a redneck. I mean, it's just, uh, you can kind yeah. of spin it however you want to spin it. Definitely. And, 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 and especially now, you know, this song is poignant because, uh, it was, it, he wrote the song, you know, like against the reality TV, uh, uh, kind of mentality that people have, like the, the just brainwash, Horse shit that people just jump into but now it, it's so relevant to the social media stuff uh by the way follow us on instagram and facebook and uh, uh <laughs> but, it's, but it's just but it's just so funny how this song is this old and again going back to give me some truth for my generation or born in the usa like it's just so relevant now and it, it was not about any of the things that he wrote the song by the way, D hates social media, but don't forget to follow him on Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the final song on side A is uh, Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. And Richie, that was your pick, so I'll let you uh, talk about it, was it a little bit more. Was it, was it D's? Pick. Oh, I'm sorry. D, go yeah. ahead. I, I guess I'm just waiting for uh, – I'm already getting ahead of myself for when you're not part of the show anymore, and it's just me. And <laughs> When me and Homer start our podcast, yeah. oh my God, we're going to crush you guys. Yeah. No, Fortunate Son. Obviously, we had to pick this song. Well, this song uh, goes really well with Born in the USA, quite honestly. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's again, going back to the Vietnam thing. Uh, it, the, re, the song released during the peak period of U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War is not explicit in its criticism of the war in particular. Rather, it speaks more to the unfairness of class than war itself. And that was the, that's the part that I love about this song is, uh, uh, where's the line here? Uh, it ain't me, it ain't me, I ain't no millionaire's son. They're talking about, you know, like people of privilege being able to get out of the draft while, while you know, people in, you know, lower classes, you know, had no choice to do this. Uh, it's it's an impressively done by it, John Fogarty. It's just an awesome song to listen to too. The music, yep. the lyrics, all of it together. It's it's a really really well put together song all the way around. His voice is so fucking great. It is. This, it especially is. on this song. And it's not a band once again, not a band CCR that I listen to on a on a regular basis, but when you hear it you're like, "Why don't I listen to them more often?" because it it is it's really good. It's really good stuff to listen to. And, and and the fact that the the single was with down on the corner, which is an amazing song too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but and, and this is another one of those songs that people take out of context. You know, like it's so oddly uplifting, yet it still hammers down the point that they're against certain things. You know, like this is one of those songs that gets again taken out of context and. People will play at rallies and you don't, they're not getting the actual message. Because you could easily just listen at the surface level and hear the, hey, it's the I'm, I'm self-made. It, nothing was handed to me kind of motif that, that is, seems to be there, but is definitely not what's in this song. 
um, when, when, you're, when you're applying it to a, a political rally. Some folks inherit star-spangled eyes. Oh, they send me down to war, Lord. And when you ask them how much should we give, they only answer more, more, more. That line right there. If you don't listen to that line and realize that it's anti, you know, yeah, yeah, right on the nose, exactly. So after we uh, flip sides here and take a take a quick break, we're going to have the song "The Message," which um, uh, Dennis, I think you're very interested to hear Richie's take on this song, right? Absolutely. He brought up a point and we'll bring it up, you know, once the, the side flips uh, that I'm incredibly curious to hear your thoughts on that, Richard. Excellent. Well, we, will get, flip sides. we will get to yeah. that on the other side of the break. Uh, but until then, stay with us. Welcome back to Sean and D's Good Tape. It's our uh, political song episode as we are just a day away from the 2020 presidential election. So we thought it was a good time for something like that. And our first song on side B is Richie's this week, and it's called The Message. Yeah, so this is a, an older uh, hip hop song from the early 80s by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Um, I really I kind of went back and forth, like just I, I wanted to put some either rap or hip hop song on here. And like, you know, you have uh, Fuck the Police or Fight the Power or like there's there's a lot of songs to choose Mastakeela. from. And Mastakeela, yes. Yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> just the, the kind of the classic protest songs where we demand more tequila. Um, <laughs> but but I decided to go a little bit further back to really kind of the start of, of, of hip hop in, in, in 82 with, with the message. A lot of people will know this song more as a, uh, check yourself by ice cube because he he basically lifts the entire uh beat from the song uh for that song but uh it I, i've just i've always found this song to be kind of a fascinating take on um inner city like just life in in it's it's still very appropriate for today's world even though it was written 40 years ago I think, the, I think the incredible. interesting thing about it, I want to play a couple of seconds of it because if you just listen to this song in terms of you're not really paying attention to the lyrics, you would never believe that this song's about what it is just because of the way the vibe of the song is. Let me play just a minute of this here. I mean, this doesn't sound like it's going to be some song with some major message, no pun intended the way that it the way that it comes about it sounds like it's going to be the super bowl shuffle at first <laughs> that's, that's exactly what that, those first yep. people yeah. think of yeah. and, and that's i mean that's just kind of where early 80s hip-hop was it was it, it, most songs like rapper's delight and things like that don't have the serious this type of serious message to them and that's where it kind of i think this song really established what the genre could do and and really laid the groundwork for for what came after um i found it also thematically i found it very similar to my generation that's why i put both of those songs on this playlist because you know it, it's not it's not necessarily pointing fingers and establishing blame it's it's more the the masses screaming out for hey something's wrong here let us be let we we need help we need or or we need to be left alone or it's it, it, it I, I thought very similar from a theme standpoint that it, okay so and that was the, the point sean brought up before the break was like you had said separate these songs a little bit just so we you know we can talk about that and i had no idea what the fuck you meant but what you just said there makes all the sense in the world it's uh you know we're not 
we're, we're struggling, you know, and, and people don't necessarily realize that. Yep. It's brilliant. It fits so it, well it, in today's world, though. It still it, fits very well. It really does. Maybe more so in 2020 than it did when the song was written. Yes. Uh, I think it just, it's it's going to, you know, in, in 82, it's not going to get airplay. In 2020, it is. Oh, yeah. Somebody should, I mean, honestly, if, if somebody were smart right now, some current artist would take this song and just completely redo it in to maybe a more modern day sound, but use the lyrics and stuff like that. And you'd have a gigantic hit on your hand. It is so well written and, and, and it's not at all in line with like current hip hop stuff or rap music. Now, you know, it's more straightforward on the nose sort of thing, but it's, it's, I hadn't heard this song in forever. And, and again, listening to it eight or nine times this week, you know, you real, I realize how powerful it is. So one of the kind of things I found really interesting with this song is the very end where they, they do the, uh, the entire group gets busted by the cops for nothing. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of something the eighties music did a lot of where they just had a little eighties uh, hip hop did quite a bit where they had like a little additional piece at the end. And it, it, it fits well thematically with the song, but I really, what I, what I really wanted to bring up was that like seven years later, NWA does the exact same thing, but turns it into a, an ambush of the cops where they end up, you know, murdering everyone that, that comes in, that, that tries to bust them basically. And it's, it's just how quickly we escalated from the message to, to, uh, to the late eighties music and just, just kind of that continuum and, and how, how fast that happened. It's funny you bring that up because the thing that, that any part made up made me think about uh, sidebar is that my first introduction to gangster rap was uh, my sister gave me a copy of ECE, Easy Does It. And there's so much of that stuff on that song or on that tape, uh, yep. you know, like, a, oh my God, I could still yep. sing the entire song front to back. <laughs> yeah, but just in, in, in general. Yeah. yeah, NWA used a lot of that, and Easy was a member. It, it they used a lot of this kind of thing theme that was established by uh, by Grandmaster Flash. It's impressive to hear, and uh, talking about the like the influences and everything. Like, like this is, you know, going back to my generation and, and born in the USA, and uh, and Eddie Vedder's influenced by those two groups, right? Uh, and, and, and this is the, another side of that whole thing, you know, music that we don't talk about a lot on the show, but it's uh, so impressive to, to hear it and see it. Uh, it's like a jumble sometimes. Makes me wonder. <laughs> so the next song on our list is um, we're going to the Beatles. It's the first time we've had a Beatles song that wasn't on our Beatles episode in episode 20. And, and the research on this makes this song even more fascinating than it already was. It already was a good song and it was a good listen and great guitar riff at the beginning of it, by the way. And you know, the message and all of that kind of stuff, but man, this song, this song took a long time to come to an actual album and a lot of debate and angst amongst the band, the band and, and everything. It, it's just an incredible story. The original version of the song is so much slower and, and, and uh, different than the single version that came out with uh, with Hey Jude. 
Is that right? And and I don't think we actually mentioned the song is Revolution. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's a uh, but but it's so funny. The revolution of this song, the evolution of revolution, the way it came about is 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 fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I just uh I didn't know that uh there was such pushback even amongst the band. Paul McCartney didn't want to put this song out because he thought it was uh, going to be bad for the backlash on the band. So, you know, they, they kept working on it and working on it and ultimately came to the resolution for the revolution <laughs> as we keep playing. On puns. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it all the going to the notes here really quick. I think um, the, the most interesting part is the, the beginning part when they were looking to um, write it for the white album and, and essentially the, it was inspired by political protests, which, I mean, you can tell that by listening to it, but, um, but uh, talking about the need for social change, but doubt in regard to the violent tactics done by, done by the other side of it. I mean, once again, a song that really fits in 2020 that was made in 1968 there. It's weird how these songs stand up and kind of, um, you know, history repeats itself more than we think it does at times. History repeats itself going back to last uh, week's episode. Yeah, exactly. So I do have to play uh, really quick before we uh, talk about it too much, though. I want to I want to just play that beginning riff because the beginning yes. riff of the song just kicks it off so well. The distortion. And I'm sure Daniel Swisher has played a punk version of the song. Probably. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't Stone know Temple, how much more punk you can get than that version. Have, do you remember the Stone Temple Pilots version of this song? Yes. That's yes. really good. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah, and that was made when they did that Beatles tribute, probably, what, early 2000s? Late yeah, 90s, something like that? So um, one thing about this song that I noticed listening to it, and I can hear it right now in my headphones too, is uh, it goes back to our Eddie Van Halen episode for just a second, how um, most of most of Van Halen's songs that uh, the guitar is on its own channel by itself. And that's the case with this. The guitar is on the uh, on the right channel while the rest of the band is on the left channel, the way that they recorded. I just think that's fascinating because you can actually turn your speakers and stuff to where you can just hear the guitar on this song if you want to. And that's a remarkable thing about vinyl too, is, is uh, people, you know, like CDs and cassettes didn't do that because of stereo, but in the mono, when you record it in mono, you can do that whole mm-hmm. left, right thing. It's, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a total sidebar to the political part of this, but I just thought it was interesting. Well, yeah. It's a, I, just again, the evolution of revolution is, <laughs> is fucking fascinating. And the, the fact that it was included with Hey Jude, you know, those are two songs that could not be any more different, right? No, De- not really. Definitely. Yeah, not yeah. really. And it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, uh, now, because Looking one back. song, one song's about an anti-war protest or an anti-violence protest, whatever you want to call it, and the other song's basically Paul McCartney telling John Lennon's son, "Hey, hang in there, even though your dad's a piece of shit father, you're you're still all right. We still like you." That's really <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at with that. <laughs> uh, you say you got a real solution. Well, you know we don't love to see the plan. How relevant? Yeah, 
right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just I the the interesting part of this song to me is the tone of reluctance that that kind of permeates throughout it, where they're like, "We're just not sure we want to be on board with what you're doing," and that's like it, it's not it's not what you would normally expect. Most people would would you know in, in the moment just kind of throw their hat in the ring and, and run and, and 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 go off in that direction because they're they they clearly lean in that way but they don't want to commit too soon is, is really i think what the song republicans buy shoes too yeah 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 allegedly yeah <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just picturing picturing republicans barefoot <laughs> I could say something. <laughs> you say you'll change the Constitution. Well, you know, we all want to change your head. Anyway. Next song. Yeah, I was going to say next song. I think we've run out of gas on that one. <laughs> I think we're, I think <laughs> we're all song. thinking things that we just don't want to say out loud right now, so we're better yes. off just moving on. Um, the next yep. song is probably, I mean, it's not probably, it is definitely the most in-your-face song of our all of our songs that we've uh, talked about today just in terms of kind of kicking you in the ass a little bit, and it's our first appearance by Rage Against the Machine. It won't be the last one either, but we, we went with Sleep Now in the Fire this week. Holy fuck, this band kicks ass. The, my favorite part of this this song is the video. Michael Moore directed again. Uh, in front of the New York Stock Exchange. And it's so fucking good. I, 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 I sent you guys that clip. Mm-hmm. The little screenshot of yep. Donald Trump for president 2000 thing. Oh my God. That's interesting. I mean, you know, there, I don't think we all remember it, but you, but you, you touch on that and there, there had been a lot of talk of Donald Trump running for president way before he actually oh, decided he to consider. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I guess, I guess Donald Trump wasn't really on my radar though, when it came to anything really anything at all you know until uh he actually decided to run for president besides watching the apprentice once in a while and the fact that he was uh ringside for wrestlemania's four and five if you recall <laughs> and he's in the wwe hall of fame show. yes yes but if you recall the trump plaza atlantic city hotel and casino hosted both of those wrestlemanias and he and his uh first wife ivana sat ringside to watch those those matches was that one randy savage won his first world champion you you are correct that's very good trivia on your part d <laughs> yeah. and the next year he was there because. for the even better wrestlemania when hulk hogan beat randy savage for the title <laughs> <laughs> the mega powers <laughs> god damn we're fucking nerds sidebar <laughs> <laughs> So, so, um, uh, so back to this song though, rage against the machine in the early two thousands certainly became a band that, uh, that, um, became very, uh, very politically. You okay, D are you yeah, dying no, over no. there? <laughs> this show, this show has gone down the shitter really fast this week. Um, but, uh, but, um, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine became very political influencers, I would say, in the early 2000s with songs like Testify and Sleep Now in the Fire. And um, 
the message that they wanted to get across by having concerts outside of, of, you know, national conventions and stuff like that was one of, you know, vote for change and all of, all of that movement that was going on in the early two thousands. They very much had an agenda. <laughs> they were speaking out against, uh, uh basically the Republican party for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and the, uh, Again, trying not to be political. Yeah. On a show about politics. Well, political <laughs> songs that yeah. were not necessarily endorsing one candidate or another. Uh, but uh it's it's interesting. Like I I, I I chose this song because of the video. I wanted to go with Killing in the Name of, which we'll do on the covers episode where whenever that happens, because uh, there's some incredible covers of that song. But they just fucking nail it on the song. And musically, let's talk about music. Mm -hmm. Musically, you know, Tom Morello's guitar, fucking uh, Brad Wilkes' uh, drums, like just amazing, amazing. And Zach De La Rocha has got such a great voice for this sort of thing. The anger, it's like Tupac-ish, Richie. Uh, it's Tupac-ish. It's like just so fucking emotional. Like he means every goddamn word he says. And it's so impactful. Like I am the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, the noose and the rapist and the fields overseer. Like Jesus Christ. He, he comes in hot, like just yeah. very much. And, and on several songs, like, like you said, you could have picked any of about a dozen songs yeah. of theirs to, to, to use in this episode. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's a great song. It is. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and again, one of those songs that we sang in Benny that we didn't necessarily realize. Oh no, this song was after Benny. This song was long after Benny. What it meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Benny was in a junkyard by the time this song came out, no doubt about it. But uh but uh cuz wasn't it 99 or 2000? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Uh sidebar. Uh graduation. Uh Papa Charlie came and uh me and him I drove him in the family van to Jacksonville to the liquor store to buy shit to make martinis for for the night. Uh, and we stopped at uh, on cue or whatever what Brecatore was. I think I bought, I guess 96 would have been Battle of Los Angeles, right? Uh, wasn't it Evil Empire? Or was it Evil Empire? Yeah, you're right. Evil you're Empire. Right. This right. is on Battle of Los That's right. So I bought uh, uh, Evil Empire, uh, Cracker, a Cracker album, and something else. Kerosene hat. No, that would have been after Kerosene Hat. No, no. Yeah. Oh, this would have been the next one after that. The one, nobody, somehow, el- the one nobody else owns besides you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but it's funny because I said, you know, we we got to stop here. I got to get up by CDs. And he was talking about records. And here it is now. I'm a record collector. But again, I remember buying the Rage Against the Machine album at that point. And again being kids the way we were we had no idea what the fuck they were talking about no. at the time 
we just had fun listening to music. I used to, at that point, pretend that the Bulls on Parade song was about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it just sounded good at that point. <laughs> to be fair, at that time, they were on Parade every year. That's true. That's true. Oh, you made me sad. <laughs> um, yeah. Bar, again. Yeah. So no, Ray. That should happen this week. Is what? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't realize you were sidebarring again. I thought you were wrapping up your sidebar that you were oh, no, already no, no. on. No, so. I'm sidebarring to basketball. Okay. Uh, in the Michael Jordan, greatest of all time thing. Do you realize that this is still a debate? I have. I know people that think LeBron James or Kobe Bryant are better than Michael Jordan. Honestly. Honestly, you guys are going to be like, what the hell? I can't believe you're saying it. LeBron's got a legitimate argument at this point. He does. I mean, LeBron has done an amazing last 15 years of dominating the NBA, whether he wins in the finals every year or not. I don't, I don't personally believe that LeBron is better than Michael, but LeBron has his claim to the title. He does. And just the sheer longevity. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's already played more years than MJ. Like, and he's just going to keep going. And yeah. You know, like that, that assists points, like all mm-hmm. those things he's going to be, but by God, if, if, if I, if it's a game seven, I know which one I'm taking oh, every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, the entire overarching body of work though, there's a strong argument in the LeBron yeah. camp for it. There just is the Kobe camp. I don't, Kobe had an amazing yeah. career, but I don't think there's that argument with Kobe, but LeBron at this point, because of the longevity and what he keeps doing, you know, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made on on the other side. I would I would still be on side Jordan, of course, but it ultimately even Jordan says it's really kind of hard to compare these eras because it's not even the same NBA that he played in anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sidebar to the side. Oh my gosh, you. you... <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is fascinating. Wow. This two, goes, two of us just got up. One of us is in the middle of his afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the last, this goes to the last dance. Did you guys see that David Netflix has announced that they're doing a seven part documentary series with Bill Simmons on Vince McMahon? No. Uh, uh-uh. yeah. I've not seen that. Yeah. Wow. That'll yeah, be yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Vince is a strange dude. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Going back to politics, he's also the person that put, you know, his hair on the line against Donald Trump mm-hmm. in a match. Hey, God, we're fucking dorks. But but I mean, you I mean, Donald Trump did get a stone cold stunner out of that whole deal. You've yeah. seen that, haven't you? Yes. It's so oh, weird okay. to think that the president of the United States got a stone cold stunner, <laughs> but it did happen at one point. Um anyway, on that note, are you done with your sidebars? You have any more sidebars? We're, we're going to the last song in the actual playlist before the hidden track. Yes. So the last song is Rockin' in the Free World by Neil Young, which I think everybody knows. It's been played on the radio a ton over the years. It's a, it's a good song. Pearl Jam um, likes to use it as a closer for a lot of their concerts. But I'm going to get to the fascinating part of the 2016 presidential election where Trump wanted to use this song and Neil Young was supporting Bernie Sanders in the race, but yet somehow they worked out a licensing agreement where Trump ended up using this song in the campaign. Money talks, I suppose, no matter who you're supporting. But uh, Apparently. Yeah, but you know, Trump ended up using this song for his campaign because they worked out a licensing deal to allow him to use it. 
And it goes back to what we've talked about. It's like people don't realize you know, rocking in the free world, that sentence in itself is a great sentiment. But the song is has nothing to do with what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's colors on the street, what red, white, and blue people shuffling the feet, people sleeping in their shoes. Like that opening line should tell you everything you need to know about this song. It's it's not pro politics. No, this song's <laughs> actually about people who living in despair. I'm the the one that always got me and 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 this song actually resonated with me at a younger age just because of how in your face it was but the but the line that says I see a woman in the night with a baby in her hand there's an old street light near a garbage can now she put the kid away and she's going to get a hit she hates her life and what she's done to it there's one more kid that'll never go to school never get to fall in love never get to be cool that line is heartbreaking it's an absolute heartbreaking this kid basically got left and to die essentially because this woman was addicted to drugs and now they have no future no life in front of them to me to me that that line is just such a powerful line in a song that should resonate with everybody about what this song is truly about and and, and they the fact that they use it in political rallies mm-hmm. with no connotation to it well, like it's, it's well, so it could be, but it could be being used. And I'm not saying that Trump used it like this or other politicians, but there is the, there is the sense to look at it as it could be being used because people are saying, this is where we're at as a country and we need to move past this and get, I mean, they would need to actually say that for me to believe that, but it is possible that they are using it for the real meaning. That's fair. That's fair. I never, I never considered that, but I, I just think of it as they hear the line rocking in the free world which America is supposed to be the free world. And, uh, and they think it's just the coolest thing in the world, but they don't listen to the rest of the song. It, well, it's... and that, that, that rocking in the free world part's going to get people pumped. And that's what mm-hmm. you're trying to do in any Same kind of in the USA. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or fortunate sense, you know, those songs, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's the rallying cry of the chorus. Does it, line up with you know the actual verses of the song yeah we just have to and, remember and it's too it easy for that it's too easy for that chorus to drown out what the actual song's oh, about shit. have you listened to the radio recently like no. like all these fucking songs like they're all again here it is i'm the old man uh you know kids these days with their music uh but like it's just it's so bad and and they don't give a shit what it what it's saying and that's one of the great things about the show too is sean we're learning about the songs that we grew up with Mm -hmm. uh you know the actual meanings of them and uh and i hope at some point you know we'll we'll get to a point where we can listen to somebody else talking about you know uh (laughs) wap and uh and shit like that sure I don't know what that is, but that's that's cool. <laughs> that's great because you're an old man. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. Yeah. So last song on the uh, list this week is we got to wrap this thing up because we're we're past the hour mark, which we like to you know stay around. Is a song that was actually that's actually really really hard to find. Um, it's called No Change by Chicken Foot, which is Sammy Hagar's band from the 
early uh like 2009 and 2011 this song was recorded in 2011 and released but it's on the second chicken foot album and it's one of those weird things we talk about hidden tracks yes sir no no i was gonna say we talk about hidden tracks it's actually a it's not a hidden track but you could only get it if you bought the cd version if you bought it on digital it wasn't there so of course i bought the cd version um but uh, but the song is called no change and it's it's not well known because of it's the fact that it's really not available to hear on very many platforms i i, I when I, I wanted to bring up the fact that this is chicken but second album mm-hmm. but they also named it chicken but three yes they did yeah yes but this song is fucking amazing sean mm-hmm. they, it is, it's in your face there's no doubt about it um they just oh, they just come out the it guitar just, riff oh. and, yeah they just kind of kick you in the nuts a little bit with with um all the stuff they're that they're talking about there's what's that I said, I don't think that's appropriate. Oh, okay. (laughs) But basically what what the song, the overview of the song essentially is, is no matter what keeps happening in the world or what politicians do or whatever, that things don't really change. It stays the same no matter if if you're talking about hope and change or you're talking about making America great again or whatever it is that you're talking about that ultimately things don't change as much as they probably should no matter what the promise is in the campaign. Oh my God. Everybody listening to this song or listening to this episode, go look this song up on YouTube. It is so fucking good. <laughs> if you're listening to this and enjoy the music that we talk about, you will enjoy this song 1000%. It's so fucking good. Yeah. I didn't think you'd like it that much, but I'm impressed that you do. So I oh, hadn't heard yeah. it in a long time. Yeah. No, it, I, I <laughs> never heard it before. Well, and and, I, but it's so good. And I think, you know, we were talking about on the Eddie Van Halen episode a couple of weeks ago about, um, you know, Sammy Hagar working with Eddie Van Halen and what a great guitarist he is. People don't understand that Chickenfoot, because it did, wasn't around for very long, the musicianship in that band with Joe Satriani on guitar and Chad Smith on drums, it's pretty brilliant. I mean, it's it's a they're they're a tight band, the way that they play. He knew what the fuck he was doing, mm-hmm. bringing the guys together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you've brought a chicken foot song to the table that I that I've been against. Yeah, what was the other one that we used? Um there was only one other oh, um Future in the Past was the other one that yeah. we did several weeks back. So so yeah, it's a it's a good song though, and it really it really fits the theme of politics just in general. So yeah, check it out. It's hard to find. You'll have to go to YouTube, but I'll put a link in the show notes to a YouTube clip of it so people can hear it along with the playlist. I, and I do love that we have the hidden track that we just talked about a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, on this on the cassette tape yeah. on the CD. It is kind yeah. of funny. It is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so coming up on future shows, I know that there was a last week one time the two of you were talking about a show idea that we could certainly incorporate. What was it exactly? Talking about three different songs to to do. It wasn't this love show. Hate. What? Love hate. Okay. Was it three songs about love and three songs about hate or how was it? It, it, it was, it was, we were going to do some sort of uh, love hate thing. And I think that might be appropriate in a couple of weeks, <laughs> given the, uh, the state of affairs in the United States. And the uh, 2020 is still going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what was the theme though, Richie? Explain, I, you were the one who came up with it. Explain so, to me what so you're I, talking about. It really, it comes down to, I had three songs that have a very strong hate theme and mm-hmm. it's like in the title um, that, that I think tied together nicely. 
but as a counterbalance, we'll need some some love some love out there. And then I, I think there's probably a third theme that we can work in to to get us up to nine songs to have a a, a nice balanced playlist. So we would each pick a love song, a hate song, and a uh, melancholy song, no, no, no. perhaps. No, Richie's got the hate covered. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> as he would. <laughs> On and, brand. Uh, yeah. So what's so, our what's our third one then? What do we think? We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. We got yeah. we got something going. Yeah. We got Jagged Little Pill coming up too. Yep. Uh, uh, Richie's obviously going to be a part of that one, whether it be twenty five or thirty or mm-hmm. whenever the fuck it is. I guess we can make our own schedule. We yeah. don't have to. Uh, and uh, and the covers episode that we have to do. <laughs> Dennis is really big on anniversary shows of a show that hasn't even hit. I do. It. I do. Even I, even a show I, that I hasn't hit its like half you know a six month anniversary yet. <laughs> I I I love being on a schedule, and I have no idea why. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right, well, let's wrap this one up because we've been on here long <laughs> enough. So we will, uh, we will talk to you all next week here. I, and, um, I'm going to do a lot of editing on this show because, uh, we got pretty random at times, but, uh, we'll talk to you again next week yeah. here on Sean and D's good tape. <laughs>